Um, you can turn me down probably just a little bit, just because everybody's so close to the speaker over here. I don't want it to be too loud for you guys. <laughs> yeah, I think that's good. That sounds good, right? Awesome. Awesome. I asked Ayla at the very last second to come up here with me and help me out. I really felt that in my spirit. She's not convinced that I felt that in my spirit, but I felt that in my spirit that uh, she needed to come up here and help help out. Um, so we're going to tag team it. And you know what the first thing that she said? Well, if I'm coming up here this month, you're coming up next month. All right, all right. <laughs> well, and you know, it's, it's kind of funny because we, I, I'm good, I got one. Um, and we can share, right? Water. Um, we purposefully don't, because you know, people try to get couples to minister together and things like that. We purposefully, and when it comes to healing room, we're like, we're doing it separate because we have separate things to say. And a lot of times Ayla, the, the revelation that Ayla gets is not something that I get because the Lord talks to us different. He, he leads us completely different. And uh, Ayla, she, she goes to talk and she'll say some things and she'll say the shortest, most simple thing. And I'm like, I need to repent. <laughs> Dang, I didn't think about that. Um, that happens pretty regular, but let's pray and we'll jump in. Amen. So Father, we just thank you for being here with us today, Lord. We thank you for speaking to us, leading us and guiding us by your spirit. Lord, I just pray and trust that your anointing is working here today. And Lord, we thank you. We receive all you have for us in Jesus name. Amen. Amen. I want to start with this. I want you guys to just uh, repeat after me. I will see all that God intends for me to see, come to pass in my life. I will walk in the truth of his promise concerning healing every day. My mind will, I didn't type that right. My, let's start that part over. My mind will not fail. My body will not fail. I walk in divine health. Amen. Amen. Um, I was just, you know, I purposefully did not prepare for healing room the last several weeks because I'm like full on in revival mode. I'm like, I'm not prepared for that. We're going on. I mean, we're going on. And Lord, if we don't go on, then you're going to have to speak to me because I'm, I am preparing myself. I'm positioning myself for a revival. So I didn't, I didn't prepare anything. And then when I went to prepare something, I was like, Jesus, please talk to me. <laughs> so even last night I was telling Ayla, I got to work on healing room. She's like, work on it. I'm like, I got nothing. I mean, I got nothing. There is nothing going on. There's nothing just ringing in my spirit about this. Um, and then a little bit last night, I woke up at one point last night and the Lord started talking to me and dealing with me about some things. And uh, this morning I was off work and I, I put some notes together, but, um, and Ayla, she generally knows what I'm talking about. She hadn't read my notes or anything like that. So I'm really trusting the Lord to, to lead her today because <laughs> I know it's going to be good. Um, we're going to talk today about not settling. Amen. How many of you know that I believe the body of Christ, probably the majority of the body of Christ, settles when it comes to God's word concerning just about anything? Amen. I mean, 
just about anything. I think maybe with the exception exception of salvation, but even that, I think that the body of Christ settles on a lot, especially though in the area of healing and the area of finances as well. Um, but we're talking about healing today. Um, we know that God tri- has tried to get something across to his people um, in regards to healing. We know that just has been working in our life the last several years. Um, and even before that, there was a period of time where that's all I did was pray for sick people. I mean, I, I was hunting sick people down and they were hunting me down. They were coming to me at work. I was seeing them at work sick and seeing miracles break out, seeing blind eyes open, seeing, uh, people take casts off and walk out of places without crutches, without walkers. I mean, I was seeing some, some real miraculous things. Um, but I noticed over this last year, and especially when we were in revival, that there were areas of my life that had grown calloused, that I had not even realized had grown calloused, just because, you know, it's not good. It's good for us to know God's word, but it's not good for us to be, to be so familiar and comfortable that we're not regularly exposing ourselves to what he's saying today. You know what I'm saying? Does that make sense? Um, and that's, some, that's a place where I found myself not super recent, the last few years. Um, and I dealt, when, once I recognized with it, I dealt, dealt with it. And I begin to see, you know, after COVID and everything else, the body of Christ is backed way off when it comes to healing. Um, you know, we go to the hospital all the time. And, you know, we never see another group of people at the hospital. Miss Rhonda knows this, but the chaplains are at the hospital, but they're not there for the reason why we go to the hospital. They're not, they, don't, they don't show up for the purpose of laying hands on the sick and seeing the sick recover. They don't show up. They don't show up for that reason. Usually if you see the chaplain, it's for a not good reason. Um, it's too late. You know, at that point, it's like, why are you here? What are you doing? Um, so we, we walk around the hospital and sometimes I become frustrated because it's like, there's nobody else here. Nobody else is doing this. And all of Oklahoma City were the only ones. Um, It was kind of funny, though, on Friday this last week, uh, I went to Mercy. Cherie was supposed to come to Mercy to help me out. She ended up at Baptist with Ayla because she didn't read the text message or something. There was some confusion. Um, Thank God it was only me, though, because there was literally like four people in the whole hospital. I prayed for four people. I mean, that, that was the only four people. It was nuts. Um, so thank God a whole bunch of people didn't show up. But, you know, I always think, too, at the same time, maybe we're actually clearing this place out. <laughs> I mean, maybe it's emptying out. Maybe this thing is working. Um, and I believe that that's, you know, true in, in a, a larger measure than we realize. Our follow-up, it sucks right now. We, we haven't really found the right rhythm when it comes to follow-up in the hospital because it's uncomfortable talking to people, you know, right there, hey, here's my number, hey, give me your number, I know you don't know me, you know, it's, it's just kind of an uncomfortable conversation. Yeah, yeah. One, one second. Um, but we don't know a lot of times what has happened. A, a good testimony that we, we talk about um, pretty regular is there's a guy, his name's Scott, and we met him at the hospital at Mercy. I think Miss Rhonda was there that night. Um, this was pre-COVID, right? Yeah, pre-COVID. And Ayla and I, I think maybe Miss Rhonda, a couple other people, ministered um, to Scott. He was there for his mother-in-law, and she had a stroke. 
she was on life support. I mean, she had a brain bleed. She was on life support. She was on her deathbed. They told her that she would not live. They were there waiting for her to die. And we prayed. And how many of y'all know it's uncomfortable praying those bold prayers in a situation where the doctor has said there is no hope? Especially when you don't know these people where their faith is. You don't know what they want. You don't know what the person that is, you know, on their deathbed wants. You don't know any of that. But we have an obligation as believers to pray the kinds of prayers that Jesus told us to pray. He said, we'll lay hands on the sick and the sick shall recover. The word of God never, even in the Old Testament, the word of God never made room for God to not deliver on his promise of healing. And we prayed, we ministered, we walked away. And it was like over a year later, this guy shows up at church. He, he knew Pastor Ziggy. He told us that that night. He shows up at church. And he's like, oh, by the way, my mother-in-law miraculously healed. And we had no idea. So we know that there are way more testimonies than what we realize because there's just, we haven't found the right thing just, just yet to, to follow up on that. But we're trusting for more testimonies. You want to testify? Sure. Um, I want to share a quick testimony from this Friday. Um, Shree and I met a lady walking in, and we asked if we could go to the room with her to pray for her daughter she was only like 14 I think and um, she started out with like a simple cold and it turned into pneumonia and she was 14 on a ventilator and a fever that didn't break for like 10, 10 days. days and uh, so we went up and prayed for her and got her number and everything and made sure she had Sheree's number and Sheree texted her the next day and the lady said an hour after you left the fever broke but that's another point to the follow-up because she had Shree's number and she wasn't going to say she anything. So we're, yeah. Um, I was going to say something else, but I see it on your notes. So. Which part? About the love of God? Yeah. yeah I knew you were going to say that. That's why I typed it. <laughs> Amen. So I wanted to talk about a few things. A few, a few things that we try to instill in everybody that comes to the hospital. If you come to the hospital ministry or you have in the last year, two years, then you have heard these few things that we try to tell to everybody that's new to coming to the hospital. And we do this because, first, we want something kind of st a standard process to be followed, um, not for the purpose of telling people what to do, but for the purpose of when you open your mouth and no words come out, there's something for you to fall back on. <laughs> um, and that happens. It happens to me. It happens to Ayla. happens to everybody. Um, but there are a few things. The first thing that we try to communicate to people is that healing was bought and paid for because God loves you. He did, he, he, God doesn't heal because he wants to heal. He heals because he said he would and because he loves us. Simply. It's, it's, it's that simple. He loves us. He even did it in the Old Testament, and that part amazes me. Now, there is a difference that I'm going to point out uh, here in a bit between healing in the Old Testament and healing, um, the healing that Jesus paid the price for, but we, we try to communicate to everybody, we are here as an extension of the love of God, and healing is an extension of his love. That's, that's, that's why he heals, um, but I don't know what that is. Um, sorry. Yeah, it's Jesus calling. I really don't know who could be calling me, though. Um, anyways, yeah, doesn't matter. But 
life tries to work contrary to the word of God all the time. Life is always working contrary to God's word. That's not just true in the church. That's true in the world, period. Life works contrary to his word. So when we go to the hospital, a lot of our battle is to get people out of their minds and begin to work their faith. You know, I wish every time we went that there was just this incredible, great anointing that would come upon us and we would walk in and miracles would just break out every time we go into the building. But that doesn't always happen. It does happen sometimes where we have a a greater grace and a greater freedom. But a lot of the time, our prayers are prayers of faith. And sometimes it's difficult to get people out of their minds, especially non-believers, operating over there, even if it's just for a millisecond in faith. It makes all the difference. So we try to communicate to the people that are praying, say some truths. Don't, don't sit there and try to console and don't try to, don't try to come in agreement with their frustrations or mornings or symptoms or doctors or bodies. Um, I'm going to try not to say too much about this because I know Andrew's going to talk about this later and he may listen to this recording and be like, don't talk about this. But another thing that we tell everybody is that there are a few reports that you have the opportunity to believe right now in this moment. Your body has a report. The doctor has a report. uh, Your energy has a report. Your friends have a report. Your mom has a report. And usually they're all different reports. But we have an obligation to, as a believer to believe God's report. No matter what our bodies say, no matter what it is that's working in us, no matter what the doctors say, no matter, it doesn't matter if they say, this is it, this is the end. It doesn't matter because to, in our dying breath as a believer, we have an obligation to believe. Amen. Some people, the body of Christ doesn't like that word obligation anymore. I remember um, when I was youth pastor, we had worked with this other youth group and she asked me for some notes on something one time and she saw, she said, I don't like that word obligation. I'm like, so you don't like the fact that we are obligated to be a believer, that we're obligated to do what Jesus said, to follow his commandments. You don't like the word obligated. Well, no, because we all have free will. That doesn't change the obligation. As a believer, we have an obligation to believe, period. And that's something I try to tell everybody um, that we pray for and people that are ministering. Don't, don't, don't just go speaking and listening to just any report. No, hear what people have to say, but we believe the report of the Lord. Amen. Um, and God's word is clear. Man puts limits. God doesn't have limits when it comes to healing. He can heal any way he wants to heal. He can do it as fast as he wants to do it. He can do it in a moment. He can do it. We were watching The Chosen, and I thought it was so funny. There's a scene. I can't remember who it was, but this guy that was on this crutch brought this woman to be healed, and I think she was blind, and Jesus prayed for her in this scene, and she opened her eyes and just crying. She's like, I see this is amazing. You know, it was super cool. Um, and then this guy, Jesus is talking to this guy and this guy, he's like, don't worry. I know my moment's coming. I don't need it tonight. He said, I'm going to take her home. I'm going to go on with my day. And Jesus is like, amen. You have great faith. You're awesome. Go ahead and take her home. It's getting late. And he goes to take a step and he said, oh my gosh, 
And he starts dump, jumping and dancing around. He's like, I'm healed, I'm healed. I saw that scene. I started to tear up a little bit. I felt kind of cheesy because I was like, man, God, you're awesome. You really are incredible. But he can do it however he wants to do it. However he, however he wants to do it, he can do it that way. Um, another thing that we try to communicate is this. We're not settling for less than his truth. There are people that we come in contact with that we say, hey, can we pray for you? And they're like, nope. And we never, we never just let that go. We're usually like, well, who are you here to see? Who are you visiting? Oh, your mom. What's your mom, what's your mom got going on? Oh, she's in ICU. And I would say every time, I, I'm pretty positive every time something like that's happened, that they're always like, I'm not religious, but yeah, go ahead. You need to pray. God's doing something. <laughs> and it's incredible. But we don't settle for less than his truth. And when we pray, that's how we declare it. We, the word of God says this. The word of God says, by his stripes, we are healed. So I know your body doesn't like that, but it has to line up because that's what his word says. His word, and that's not, your body's coming to know what he already said. He's not saying that right now. He already said it. It has to line up now because now you're aware that that's truth. You're aware of truth. Now you're going to operate in it. Um, so we have to, in a very, I mean, usually these encounters are 30, 45 seconds, sometimes longer. But in that short of a period of time, we have to communicate with people in a way that yanks them out of their reality and puts them in the word of God. And, you know, some people, they come to healing room because they're sick. They're battling with sickness. They're trying to boost their faith in the area of healing. Uh, I think the majority, and I think that that's I think when Healing Room started, that was kind of the intention. If you're sick, let's get everybody together. It's not very often that we have sick people come through here, though. It's usually people that are desiring to be used by God in the area of healing. And I think that's incredible that we have people that are willing to show up at least, I mean, at minimum monthly to align themselves and hear God's word when it comes to healing. That's not common. Most people don't believe that. People preach that and still don't do that, still don't actually believe that. Um, there's not other churches doing what we're doing in that area. It's pretty incredible. And I was thinking today about during COVID when um, Mercy shut down and they were taking temperatures and signing you in and they kicked Sheree and Ayla out. And <laughs> Sheree still talks about that lady. She's like, I, that lady, she was, she was demon possessed. <laughs> I think she was just doing her job, but <laughs> you know how that goes. Um, she may have, I should say this, she may have been demon-possessed. I don't really know. <laughs> but she may have just been doing her job at the same time. Um, but during that time, it was so crazy watching that and how that affected Ayla. Because immediately she started to try to think, how, how can I do this? This is what God's called us to. How can I do this? So she started coming up with crazy ideas. Ideas that I thought were doomed from the beginning, from the get-go, like, she's like, we're going to get these papers, and we're going to put these healing scriptures on them, and we're going to put them on the windshields of everybody that's in the emergency room. And I'm like, that sounds like a great way to get security called on you. <laughs> so I didn't say that. What I did was I showed up, and we put those papers on every windshield that we possibly could. So then, you know, we're like, we're going to, this week we're getting a call. We're getting a call this week. For sure, we, I know we're getting a call this week. No call came, ever. <laughs> so then we took out an ad in the newspaper, and we're like, this is it. We're getting a call now. No call came. And we didn't just do that one time, I don't think. I think we did it. We ran it for a month or two months. Um, 
no call came. And we're like, Lord, what's the deal? You know, what's the deal? We know you want to heal people. We know we need to be in the hospital. How do we get there? And we started hearing that Baptist was going to open up. And we went on, I think, a Tuesday. And we just walked around. We just walked in the door and walked around. And there were signs that pretty well said, you're not supposed to be here. And people looked at us pretty well like, you're not supposed to be here. And it just worked. We just went and we prayed for all kinds of people. That Tuesday, though, when we went with Cherie just to test the waters, it became crystal clear that we were perfectly positioned to be used by God in that moment. And really, that was a result of the work that was put in of trying to find what he was saying in that moment. Um, you know, because kind of carnally, I think we all wanted to just go up, bang on the door at the hospital, let me in. I'm, I'm coming to pray for sick people, but that wasn't going to work. <laughs> it just wasn't going to work. And thank God Ayla was hearing from the Spirit of God because those same healing scriptures, the same format, we still use that today. We give that to every person that we pray for, people that deny us you know, prayer, people that are just walking through the hospital. Sometimes we give extras so they can give them to their friends. Right now, we're trying to give as many of them as possible because they're, they're a really weird size. <laughs> so we're trying to get rid of them. And we have like 5,000 of them or something crazy. Um, but we give them to everybody. And, you know, before Gil was coming, we didn't have a way to communicate with people that would tell us, oh, I don't speak English, Spanish, no English. So that was kind of frustrating. So that was, and especially because we knew, we're like, I know you speak English. I know you do. You're a liar. Thus saith the Lord, you're a liar. <laughs> and you wanted to tell people things like that. Like, really, you were just talking to that doctor. Like, I know, you, I know you're lying. I know. But then when you hand them that card and it's in Spanish and they're like, oh, yeah, go ahead and pray. And I thought it was so awesome. I think the first time that Gil came over at Mercy, the first person that we come up to after we leave the chapel, um, that's exactly the situation that it was. And I was about to walk away, and Gil started talking to her in Spanish, and I was like, oh, yeah, this is awesome. And you could tell the look on her face was like, oh, dang, okay, we're, we got to do this. Let's do this. So he starts praying for her. He's praying in Spanish. He's praying in English. And she's looking like, I can't believe this is happening right now. This is incredible. That was an ICU waiting room, same place that we, we prayed for Scott's uh, mother-in-law. It was awesome. Um, but we try to instill those specific things in people so that when you go out, you're not tempted, as tempted, I should say, like everybody else. Um, they go to pray, and they're like, Lord, just comfort this family. We're not there to comfort families. And, you know, it sounds harsh when we say that because it's like, we want to minister to these people. We want to minister healing to these people. We're, we're not ministering. He's the comforter. <laughs> he, he'll take care of that. We're trying to minister healing. Amen. Um, I wanted to read this scripture in Exodus. Exodus 15, verse 26, it says, um, and said, if thou wilt diligently um, hearken to the voice of the Lord thy God and will do that which is right in his sight and will give ear to his commandments and keep all his statutes, I will put none of these de diseases upon thee, which I have brought upon the Egyptians, for I am the Lord that healeth thee. I love that scripture. Specifically, the end of that scripture, for I am the Lord that healeth thee. I tell people that when we pray for them at the hospital, the word of God says, he said that I'm the God, that I'm the Lord that healeth thee. And if he's the Lord that healeth thee, then he's the Lord that healeth me. Amen. But 
as I was reading this scripture today, I was thinking about this. All of those things at the beginning of that scripture, if you will diligently hear the voice of the Lord and will do everything that is right in his sight and will give ear to his commandments and will keep all of his statutes, then I will put none of these diseases upon thee. Only then. And the New Testament is so radically different. 1 Peter 2, 24, who his own self bear our sins in his body on the tree that we being dead in sin should live under righteousness by whose stripes you were healed. You know what that says? It's done. He did it. It doesn't say if you do this. It says he did this. As a result, you are healed, period. I think that that's so incredible because the Old Testament, when it talks about healing, it talks about work and it's labor intensive and it requires sacrifice and it requires all of these different things. But once Jesus came and he did all that he did and he said all that he said and he died on the cross and he ascended into heaven, the, the message of the New Testament is, is just really this, receive. Just receive. And that's when it comes to healing, that's what we have to learn to do. It's something that I, we've been talking about. I'm going to share about today. Is that okay? It's kind of okay. <laughs> You're not terrible, so I couldn't make you look terrible. Um, we... You guys know, because um, we talked about this, I think, pretty well with all y'all. Ayla had her glucose test last week and bombed it. She totally failed it. Um, it. It was not, I mean, it wasn't, the first one wasn't even close. So then she had to go in for a three-hour glucose test where they draw her blood four different times, sucked big time. Just sitting there for three hours sucked big time. I wasn't even getting stuck with a needle, and I was miserable. Um, but... You know, we were sitting there in the waiting room, and how many of you know, even in situations like that, it's not the end of the world, but even in that situation, we're like, Lord, we don't want to deal with this. This isn't your word for us. This is not what you said to us. So she's passing this glucose test, period, in the name of Jesus. You know, we declared it. We prayed. We got the call today. She did not pass the glucose test, and there is a real temptation when it gets to a certain point, there's a real temptation for fear to try to come on you because they try to tell you all kinds of things. Well, he's going to get too big too fast. Well, no, he doesn't have to. And this is something that, that Hilda's pregnancies taught us because I wouldn't have thought this before. I wouldn't have thought this at all before. But we were talking today and I'm like, you know what? I don't care what that test says. He has everything that he needs. Your body is doing everything it needs to do to facilitate his life, whatever he has. So if the test is reading that your glucose is high, there may be, we need to be open to the idea that there may be a reason for that. There may be something that he needs as a result of that. So we need to remain open to that. So, of course, Ayla, being pregnant and emotional, she leans on that emotional side of things pretty heavily at times. So she was crying, and I'm like, what's wrong with you? You know, not being very loving and supportive. I wasn't reading the situation right. I don't know about other males and how y'all handle things, but sometimes I see things that I'm like, it, it was a moment where I was thinking, take up your bed and walk. And she wasn't thinking, take up my bed and walk. She, that's not where she was at. <laughs> so I try to do that. I'm like, you're going to get up. We're going to, we're doing this thing. It's going to be all right. And she's like, you don't want to talk to me. I just need to talk about this. and You don't want to talk to me. I'm like, oh, yeah, misread that situation. Um, so we were talking about it, and it's like, you know, it's kind of frustrating because 
I told her, I said, when you get the call, because the doctor's going to call and they're going to tell you it's gestational diabetes. That's what it's called, right? And sure enough, the doctor calls. That's what they say. And I say, when they say that, this is what you need to say. Can we talk to the doctor about this? Because, you know, this one test, it was pretty close. It was barely a fail. Can, can we talk to the doctor? And you know what they told her? No. And I'm like, we're going to be talking about this on February 7th. <laughs> we will be talking. We will be discussing that answer. Um, they're going to get way too much stinking money out of us to not let us talk to the doctor whenever we want to talk to the doctor. <laughs> but um, that's beside the point. That was just a little mildly frustrating when that happened. But um, they told her, they're like, well, this test was close. This test was not close at all. You failed that test. So a uh, dietitian's going to call you. And immediately, Ayla began, what began to work in her is, I'm going to have to change it the way I eat. I can't eat anything I want to eat anymore. I'm going to have to check my blood sugar, potentially every four hours. I'm going to have to buy test strips. I'm going to have to buy the glucose meter. I'm going to have to do this. I'm going to have to do this. I'm going to have to do this. And it took, from the time she got off work until the time that we got here, for me to, to talk with her and to be like, we don't have to do any of those things. We're not, we're not going to take any step. We're not going to take a step because the doctor's report. We're not stepping any direction based off of the doctor's report. And that's kind of scary, especially when you have carnal family on both sides that are going to know this information and that are going to say, you need to do whatever the doctor tells you to do. And we're, we're in a season right now. I don't know about y'all, but we're in a season right now where we can't just allow any kind of talk around us anymore. And for the first time in my life, I got born again when I was 15. And from that time, there was contrary voices all the time. And I could let them go. I could just sit and not say anything, and it would just be fine. It's like, Lord, we know. It's all good. It's, it's all good. Not anymore. And Ayla's actually the one that really started that. Um, there was somebody that said something. I can't remember what they said. What was it that they said? It was during a revival, the first revival, and they said, oh, you have church again? You're, that's a lot of church. And then we said, yeah, we might go on next week too. And they were like, wow, that's a lot of church. Yeah, they were saying that, well, that's a lot of church. You're, you're pregnant. You need rest. You have to rest. And, you know, to communicate to a non-believer, our rest doesn't come from sleep. It can't come from sleep. Our bodies aren't rejuvenated based off of the amount of time that we sleep. Can't be. Has to come from the Spirit. Has to come from the Spirit. And Ayla said something. This is really what started it. It was so awesome. But I looked at her. I was like, uh, she's not going to listen to this. That, yeah, she, she won't listen to this. But I'm like, dang, that was my mom you just said that to. <laughs> but she said, Ayla, she said, my mom was talking that way. She's like, you have to rest. You're having church again. You can't be going to church that much every day, church every day, and you're going on. You have to rest sometime. And Ayla said, I wouldn't be here if it wasn't for that. If it wasn't for a revival, there would be no me. I wouldn't be here. I'd be miserable in Indiana. I wish that y'all, I wish that y'all could have seen the look on her face because I was like, and turned and look at her and she was like, you know what? You're right. Didn't say another word about it. After that, every day she'd call. Y'all are going to church tonight? Yep, we are. <laughs> right? Isn't that how that happened? But, you know, people say, they say things, especially, you know, my family, we all give each other a hard time about everything. That's just how it is. The only person that has been around my family that doesn't, no, nobody gives them a hard time is Ayla. I don't know why, 
But Ayla, they have never given Ayla a hard time about not one thing ever. Um, but you know my grandpa, he's kind of crazy too. And he, he, said, he says things just to get under our skin. But even that, we have, we, we're in a season right now where we're like, no. I told Ayla, said, your dad has one more chance to post something stupid on Facebook about Christians before he gets blocked. One more chance, and that's it. But we're in a season right now where we, we're having to take a stand. And this is the stand. This is the reason why we're having to take that stand, because these things are coming up. And as, as things come up that are contrary to the word of God in regards to the baby, in regards to Ayla's body, and things like that, we have to take a stand and say, word of God is final. That's final authority, period. What he, what he says is final. And we're not going to be moved by the report of Ayla's body. We're not going to be moved by the report of the doctor. We're, if there is any cause for concern, the Lord knows how to talk to me. And he knows what to say. And I don't hear him saying anything like that. So I'm not, I'm not too concerned about it. <laughs> but Ayla, you know, this is the way that Ayla is. She's like, well, I don't want him to, you know, have any issues when he gets older. I'm like, he's not going to have any issues in the name of Jesus, period. We know what God's word says. The word of God declares that he's the God that healeth thee, period. Amen. Amen. So we've been dealing with that the last couple of days. We knew that unfortunate call was coming because we saw the test results on Saturday. So we were just waiting for them to call and confirm. Um, so when that dietitian calls and says, you can only eat bad stuff, you can't eat any of that good stuff anymore, we're going to have to politely tell the dietitian we're going to be led by the Spirit of God, period. Now, we're going to be practical. We have to, you know, we have to do good things. We probably should cut out the milkshake a day habit. It's not, that's not, that's an exaggeration. That's an exaggeration. But I'll put it this way. Ayla didn't ever have to convince me to not get a milkshake. Like I'm always willing, always willing. The other day, I think I left the house three different times, once to get food, once to go to the store, and once to get a milkshake. <laughs> All within like an hour a one hour span of time. I'm willing. When it comes to that, I'm willing, always. <laughs> um, but we have to choose to believe what, what it is that we're going to receive. We have to choose to believe the report of the Lord, not the report of our bodies, not the report of the doctor. I don't care what the doctor says. I, that's, at, at some point, that becomes irrelevant because they don't know any, everything. Ted says this, doctors are practicing medicine. They're practicing medicine. And sometimes he uses that in a way that he probably shouldn't use that. But that, that's still a truth. They're practicing medicine. They don't have, they don't know everything. They don't know everything there is to know. Just like, you know, when it came to, to Hilda's pregnancy, it's easy to assume that the babies were born early. But we don't believe that those babies were born early. They were born when they needed to be born. They were born. And that's the same with Isaac is that everything, regardless of the way that it looks, everything works together for his good. Everything. Every single thing. Although that does explain a little bit why he moves so much. <laughs> He's always hype on sugar. Right? No, you didn't like that joke. <laughs> We're going to talk about that one later. Amen. Did you have something you wanted to say? You sure? Okay. Um, amen. So we're talking about not settling. We're not settling. I need to turn that sound off on my iPad. It's distracting me. Um, 
We're talking about not settling, not settling for less than what it is that God has for us. You know, if you have a cold and you're, you have a cough and a sore throat and the Lord touches you and you still have a sore throat, but he healed the cough, don't settle. But so many people do. So many people do. We, we pray for a lot of people and we'll ask them, what do you need prayer for? What is it that you have a need of? Pray for the world. But what about you? What do you have need of? And then the more you dig, there are people that will say, oh, I was just diagnosed with cancer like two days ago. Really? But you want me to pray for the world? Come on. You were going to say something? Oh, yeah. I figured out a way to handle that, though. I say, I say, Lord, I thank you for this person's heart for the world. I pray they come to the realization that how we change the world is by speaking your word to people. <laughs> and then I say, so I pray you raise this person up and uh, that they would be bold with your word and that they would raise other people up. Because I'm like, I'm done praying for the world and praying for the leaders. <laughs> yeah, because, you know, when we go, people, people we go and people, they, they're like, well, my sickness, it's minor. I'm going to be okay. Yeah, but you, could, you can be okay or you could be healed. What do you want? You can be okay or you can be healed. I was telling Debbie the other day, you know, because her foot's been acting up, and she said, I have to go to a podiatrist, and they can't get me in until March. I'm like, you don't have to wait that long. You don't have to wait till March. That's perfect, perfect, perfect amount of time for you to, to build your faith because the Lord, he desires to heal you, period. Amen. And I think that that's the number one way that God desires to get healing across to us is getting revelation of, of his word in regards to healing and receiving that, seeing a manifestation of that as a result. Um, not that he doesn't want to use people, because he definitely does, but I believe that he wants us, when sickness tries to rise up in us, he wants us to put a stop to it, our own selves. Um, amen. Amen. But why, why is it that we settle for crumbs when he's prepared a whole feast for us? We know that we know, we know what God has for us, but so many people think of that as future tense and not now. So many people think about a heal, when it comes to healing, I know the Lord's going to heal me. Well, that's not the truth of his word. It's, it's not what his word declares. And a lot of times that's the reason why they're not seeing a manifestation of healing in their life. It's, it's a lot of the reason why they lay hands on the sick and the sick do not recover because they're operating in hope and not operating in faith. I think most people that we talk to at the hospital are operating in hope and it looks good. It sounds good. It's nice. Probably, you know, for those chaplains, it's, it's nice, but it didn't do anything for anybody. It didn't, there, there is no power in, in hope. There's nothing that doesn't work. And I've, I've learned over the last probably three years, three-ish years, that there are so many things that I thought God did as a result of prayers that I prayed or um, where I was at a certain time trying to be led by his spirit, obedience to the spirit of God. There are so many things that I have learned that he didn't do as a result of any of that stuff. He did it because he wanted to. And I just happened to be lucky enough to be close to him when he did it. It had nothing to do with me and everything to do with his grace. Amen. I think that when you look at things that way, you realize, God, you really can do anything. You can do anything. I mean, you can do anything. If you could transform me, you could do anything. And we see people 
all the time in need of transfer, the transformation power, the transformative power of God and not receiving that. And that's the number one reason why is because people are settling for far less. And, you know, churches, they're teaching them, they're teaching them to settle for far less. Um, you know, I, I see these signs. I'm meddling just a little bit here. Um, I see these signs uh, every so often, about once a year, I think they preach a message like this. And they talk about, it's okay to not be okay. If every year you're having to preach that same message, it's okay to not be okay, you need to add something, add something to your message because it's not working. What, your hope is not working. Hope does not work. We were talking with somebody we were praying for yesterday, and the Lord was showing me something. And I didn't share what it was that he, he was showing me specifically because it was too close to my flesh. It was too close to... I, I know too much about that thing, and I didn't, want to, I didn't want to say it out of my flesh. I wanted to be confident that it was the Spirit, but I, I really believe it was the Spirit, and we were, we were praying for them, and the Lord was, you know, leading that prayer about divine direction. He's going to give you direction, and all of a sudden, it popped up in my spirit. She's anxious, and I'm like, not anymore. She's not going to be anxious anymore. We're not dealing with that. You know, anytime... Because of what I've experienced, anytime I see anxiety, I kick that thing as far as I can. I mean, as far as I possibly can. We, we, we went to beat up the devil in that moment. Once, once that was exposed by the Spirit, we went to go take care of that thing. And, you know, we walked away from that situation, and I, I walked away with that feeling of they're settling. They're settling. They can manage it, so they're settling. They're, they're allowing that to stay because they know how to manage it most of the time. And that's not ever okay. There's always a temptation for me to say, my anxiety. It's not my anxiety. We have to remove that from our vocabulary. It, so many people settle, though, when it comes to healing. So many people. The flu comes around. You take a sick day. I just need a few days. I just need to rest. You know, there may be some truth to that. You may need to rest, but more than that, you need to get a revelation of healing, period. Because sickness doesn't have to come on you in the first place. It doesn't, that's not the, the life that God's called us to live. God's called us to divine health. And if he's called us to divine health and we're not operating in divine health, something is missing, something is wrong, and we have to make adjustments to our life to facilitate his spirit working in us. I know that we've had to make adjustments plenty of times, um, <laughs> this is also a result of a shake a day habit, but, um, last couple times I've gone to the doctor, they've said, your blood pressure is like crazy high. I'm like, yeah, it'll be all right. You know, that's the attitude that I took on about that. It'll be all right. It wasn't until I started getting headaches every single day that I thought I might need to do something about this. But what was working in me immediately was, I need to start exercising. I need to start moving more. I need to, you know, I need to do this. So I started doing that. I'm start doing things just in the natural. Good things, but it's still just in the natural. If it's just in the natural, it's not good enough. So I was still dealing with headaches, still dealing with headaches. And this wasn't until probably last few months or so that I just had to put a stop to that. I put an end to it. And in my spirit, one night I woke up and in my spirit, I just heard, are you going to stand up or not? And I was like, you know what, Lord? 
yeah, I am. I'm going to stand up. I'm taking a stand on this thing. These headaches have to go in the name of Jesus. That blood pressure has to come down. And I was tempted to go, you know, get one of those cuffs and, and read my blood pressure. And I'm like, and then I started thinking about Ayla. We didn't even talk about this, this blood pressure thing. But I started thinking about Ayla and what she says about things like, well, healed people go to church. Healed people get up out of bed and go to work. So are you healed or are you sick? My healed people don't check, check their blood pressure. I'm not checking. Why, why am I going to go believe the report of my body when I'm receiving what he has for me? It's hard to communicate that in a way, though, that doesn't sound like you're crazy. But it is a little crazy. You know, Pastor Ziggy talked about it. There's a thin line between faith and crazy. We have to walk that line. That's what we're striving to do right now is walk that line of faith and crazy. You know, faith took us here every night for a couple of weeks. You know, faith brought us here every night with no message planned, with no service planned. We got together and nobody had to talk to anybody. We just got in his presence. Faith took us to that place. Faith will always take us to him in his presence, always, always. And the same in regards to healing, the same is true, that faith will always lead us to healing, always. Um, amen. Did you want to say something else? Uh, something that I was thinking about that the Lord's been telling me, which I was probably going to share next month, but... Uh, the Lord's been reminding me of stories that I've heard. Like one of my favorite stories is one Pastor Mikey shared about a lady who had broken ribs and uh, the Lord told her to get up and dance or something along those lines. And after she got up is when she received her, is when her healing manifested. And I remember when I heard that story, I was like, well, if she was already healed, then why couldn't she get up and dance? And the thing that the Lord's, pointed out to me recently is you know she had to get up while her ribs were still hurting and then I started thinking about people in the Bible where like when Jesus said you know rise up and go or whatever they probably still felt that pain but because they took that action and believed the word it manifested and so yeah and that that really is the truth of the word of God is that you know I believe that the I believe that the water turned into wine at that marriage supper, at that party. I believe that the water turned into wine. You know, it turned, it turned into wine when he said, that's it. You know, the, when, when he declared that. That's when it happened. The manifestation of that, I believe, happened as it was being poured out. And I think that the same is true is that we have to take a step because well, imagine, imagine being lame from your mother's womb, laying at the gate daily, asking alms, and they come up to you and they say, rise up and walk. And you're like, I'm lame. You know, imagine if that's what, and it may, you know, the Bible doesn't say that, but that may have been what happened. He, there may have been a conversation there. I'm lame, I can't get up. They may have had to grab him and yank him up and say, see, when you, when you act on the word of God, this is what happens, you receive. It's an obedience to his word that we see the manifestation of his promise every time. It's always in the obedience to his word that we see manifest, manifestation happen. But regardless of manifestation, we still have to believe. Always. Regard, manifestation is irrelevant. When you've, when you've gotten a revelation on something, manifestation is, is irrelevant. What your bank account says, the amount of money your bank account says, doesn't matter when you have a revelation of supernatural increase. 
when you know that God's plan for you is to prosper, you really know it's not a, it's not a faith declaration. It's a, when you know, when you have gotten a revelation on that thing, you don't have to check your bank account to know that you're blessed. You don't have to. Same when it comes to healing. You don't have to check for symptoms. That's why, and I'm not saying that the Lord doesn't work this way. I've just never, not that I can think of anyways, I've never, he's never led me this direction where, you know, people will pray for sick people and they're like, check it, check that, check that thing. Is it still hurt you? Well, why are we having people, if they're healed, why are we having them check? It's either finished or it's not. It's either right or it's not. I mean, his word's either true or it's not. And it, it reminds me of what Ayla says. Man, that challenges me every single day. Every single day I'll lay there because I'm kind of a wimp, if I'm being honest. When it comes to how I feel sometimes when I, thank you, you're so nice. When I, when I wake up first thing in the morning, nearly every day when I wake up first thing in the morning, I'm like, I can't go to work today. I don't know if anybody else feels that way every single day, but I do. I really do. I'm like, I can't go to work today. Often, Ayla has to tell me, you should get up and move around a little bit. And 100% of the time, I get up and I'm like, yeah, I'm fine. I just didn't want to go to work. <laughs> but imagine if that's where I, and a lot of people are this way, Imagine if that was my life, if that was a picture of my life, imagine if I only got stuck there and I never got up and, and moved around, if I never got up and, and responded, right, if I never got up and responded. I believe that that's a picture of the body of Christ, is that God's word is true and the majority of the body of Christ, even Pentecostal, spirit-filled, Bible-believing, full gospel, people that believe in healing, still are laying down, not operating in the truth of his word. Because you want to say something? So that reminded me of a really funny story, but it goes with what Tyler's saying, is one time when I still lived with my brothers, my middle brother, and he's like, I hope he comes after I have the baby because he's like the funniest person alive. Really? And uh, I woke up one day, and he should have already been at school, and I said, Brendan, what are you doing here? And he said, well, I woke up and... I'm sick, and I was like, "Oh, how, what do you feel like?" And he said, "Well, my my uh, mouth was my throat was dry, and my mouth tasted funny." And I said, "So you were thirsty?" And he was like, "Yeah, I guess I was." But he stayed home from school. But it's like, if you think about it, the devil can send something random your way, and before you know it, you've accepted some crazy diagnosis and stopped living your life. Right, and you know that same WebMD mentality exists within the church. That same that same mentality exists within the church. Hmm. Okay, I have a scratchy throat. I better stay home. You know, we have kids at, at the church. I better I better just stay home. And people miss out on the promise. There's been so many times. Just we've been married for a year, coming up on four months. Right, four months here in a few days, a couple days, three days. Yeah. Um, and in a year and four months' time, there have been so many times that we have battled with sickness on Sunday mornings that we have just decided, I'm going. And before we even walk in the building, that sickness is gone. It's because the enemy wants to get people distracted. That's why COVID, that whole COVID situation, that's the only reason why it happened. It was, it was a big distraction. That's all that it was, it was a big distraction. Um, he wants us distracted so we don't have moments like what we had uh, in revival. And you know, 
I don't know about y'all, but we got together yesterday, and I did not, I didn't expect it because of all that happened. You know, Emory went to heaven, and not that that's a downer in the way that I'm, I'm not trying to say that. That's not my intention of saying that. But you don't expect to come and have a bomb service after something like that happens. You expect religion and tradition and we're going to continue to mourn and that is not what we did man we got up here the spirit of god began to move it was like we never missed a beat it was incredible i didn't expect it and i was thinking are we coming back tonight are we coming back tonight <laughs> so i'm glad that we ended up back here tonight because i needed more i needed more and i'm i'm believing i'm trusting the lord Lord, talk to Pastor Ziggy, talk to Pastor Annie, tell them we need more. I don't care if we're the only ones that show up. I don't care. I don't care. I have a key. I'll unlock the door. I'll turn on the heater. I don't care. Yes. Amen. But that's, that's how I feel. That's the season that we're in right now. And there's a reason why he's dealing with, with us specifically that way. It's because there's a whole world full of people that are not that way. There's a whole world full of people that we're going to have to drag by the hair into his promise. I mean, that's just truth. Um, that's how Miss Rhonda got saved. Somebody, somebody dragged her into that moment. She didn't go willingly. That's how I got saved. I got dragged into that moment. Some people don't know that story. Yeah, Joe. Joe's a great example. Joe definitely didn't willingly go into that moment. <laughs> yeah, listen. We got some stories, Rachel. We got some stories. <laughs> but some people don't know. You know, Pastor Ziggy, he's been my uncle my whole life. I mean, obviously. <laughs> no, but there's a lot of assuming that comes along with that because he's been my uncle my whole life. You know, he didn't just, like, preach to me all the time. We went fishing and hung out and... Yeah, I, I told Ayla about this not that long ago. One of my most favorite memories of all time. It had to, Michael had to have been really little because I don't remember her being around, which means she was probably like asleep um, a lot. So she had to have been really little and it had to have been when they first moved back from Ohio. Um, but me and my brother went and stayed the night with them. <laughs> I'll never forget, this is so funny. We went and stayed the night with them and it was like, it was late. I mean, it had to be close to midnight and we were little and we were watching Cheaters. <laughs> it was awesome. I remember thinking, he's the best uncle ever. This is awesome. This is so much fun. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> we watched this episode. This is way off track, but we'll get back on track here in a second. We, we watched this episode one time. We were in Indiana and this guy got caught cheating on his wife. And they're at this park, and he's in the car, and his girlfriend's in the car or whatever, and she's yelling at him, and she's telling him, you're good for nothing, blah, 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 blah. And he has the window down, and he looks at her. He said, I just have one thing to say to you, and just takes off and is looking at her as he drives away. It was the funniest thing. He didn't even say anything. He just said, I got one thing to say to you, and then just hit the gas. It was so funny. That show was crazy. But, you know, people assume that he just, he preaches to our family all the time, and that does not happen. I, the, when I first experienced the tangible presence of God for the very first time, that I remember anyways, I was at 
the lowest, darkest moment of my life. I don't even know how we ended up at the church that day. I just remember being so caught up in how miserable I was. I don't even remember anything else. I remember walking through the door of that church, literally walking through the door. And as soon as I walked through the door, I felt this weight come off of me. And I remember thinking, that's weird. And I sat down and I sat through this service and Pastor Ziggy said something. He didn't, he, he didn't even preach like this incredible message or anything like this. But he, I remember he said something. He said, you could be a good person and still go to hell. And when he said, that's the only thing I remember that service. I remember realizing for the very first time, I'm going straight to hell. I'm going to hell. And I remember I was sitting there. I'm like, oh my gosh, I'm going to hell. This is not good. This is not good. I mean, I began to panic. And he said, I think he had to have seen me because he said, but there's hope. Jesus paid the price. And today that can all change. And God radically changed my life. That weight that was on me, it never came back on me never came back on me. It was awesome. I mean, it was so awesome. And I hadn't experienced God. This is true statement. I told Gil this. I hadn't experienced God on that measure that I did that day until when we were gathering here every night for revival. It's been that long. 13, this year, 14 years. It's been that long since I've felt God's presence on that level. I mean, we are over there. God is moving at Winter's Church. Amen. I don't know really how we got on that, but that's okay. But, you know, yeah, cheaters, cheaters. Yeah, I don't know if Pastor Ziggy's going to like that I shared that story, but that's okay. Especially since this is going out in a recording as well. (laughs) It'll be all right. It'll be all right. (laughs) No, but, you know, when it comes to healing, we gather, the purpose of our gathering here is to boost our faith. I believe that God is doing such an incredible thing in each and every one of us. He is revealing so much right now. Um, I shared a little bit about this, and I'll start to close. We'll be done here in just a few minutes. But I shared a little bit about this at Koinonia that when we started revival meetings, the Lord started waking me up. And that's something that hasn't happened in a long time where I can honestly say the Lord woke me up. He started waking me up early in the morning. And y'all don't spend any time around me first thing in the morning, so you don't know this. But when I wake up, I need a good like 30 minutes before I say anything to anybody. I just need a minute to myself to wake up. I don't just wake up. I used to when I was little. I could wake up and just start my day. I can't do that anymore. I have to have a little bit of me time. But the Lord started waking me up. And one morning, I don't remember which day it was during revival, but he he woke me up and he said, I want to spend some time with you. And I was like, oh, yeah. He's going to talk to me. This is going to be awesome. Every day since then, he, is, he has met me every morning. And I, I honestly, I've been, I've been taking the time. Ayla, because she's pregnant and exhausted and growing a baby she sleeps and she's like you do your thing leave me alone <laughs> um, and because she has to get up through the night to pee and a lot she gets up a lot and she's she gets annoyed with me sometimes because every time anytime I feel a movement in bed and it wakes me up I'm like are you okay and she's like I'm okay <laughs> stop asking me <laughs> yeah there was one I don't know if I shared this already. There was one day, she says this didn't happen. This is exactly how it happened. We were watching a movie and we were talking. We were having a conversation. All of a sudden she says, 
She says, can't you get the hint? I'm trying to sleep over here. Stop talking to me. You always talk to me when I'm, I was like, pregnant Ayla is a different person. This is wild. <laughs> she says, though, that she had been trying to sleep and I just kept talking to her, which that probably is more likely to be true. Um, I just didn't pick up on that. I, didn't, I thought our conversation was more important than it was, I guess. <laughs> yeah. One of the times he woke me up, it was something I was like, okay, I could see why you woke me up, I guess. The next time was like, did you see that part of the show? And I was like, seriously. <laughs> and she went off. It was wild. It was wild. No, but so she's been sleeping and it's, I've been going to our living room and just sitting and he's been talking to me so clear. I'm so excited because we're going to Queen City here in a, a few weeks and man, the Lord, he has been just dealing with me and I'm, I'm pumped because the way that he's been talking to me, I get excited. Like when it came to revival, he told me, he said, if you go, I'll meet you there. Like, Lord, you, you said you're going to meet me at revival. If you're going to meet me at revival, then I can expect my life to be changed. If you're going to be there, I know that all bets are off. I mean, I'm canceling every plan that I have for, for the foreseeable future. Because if you said you'll meet me, there's no telling what's going to happen. I have no idea what's going to happen. That's the way he's talking to me about Queen City. He's like, you just wait and see all that I do. He said, I've, I created you for this time. I created you for this moment. I'm like, Lord, this is awesome. This is awesome. And Ayla gets to go too, even though she's not really 100% supposed to go because of where she's at in her pregnancy. It's kind of on the line. If we end up having a baby in Antlers, Oklahoma, like on the way to Queen City or something, it'll be all right. Amen. Yeah, it's going to be fine. I'm not worried about it. The pastor Ben asked her, he said, are you going to be okay to go over there? She said, I think I'll be okay. I told Pastor Ben, she's going. It'll be all right. <laughs> if I have to deliver the... No, I'm not even going to say that. <laughs> it was mostly a joke. <laughs> no, it's going to be awesome. I'm so excited. I'm excited for all that God's doing. Um, and it, all that he's doing at Outreach, man, the Lord is moving in such an incredible way. We have to you know, jump in and participate with him, move with him, align ourselves. Amen? Amen. Amen. Do you have anything else you needed to say? Amen. Well, I think we're done. That's really what I just felt like the Lord was wanting us to do is to have some time to boost our faith, to talk about some things, some faith boosting, um, because he's working and he, he's desiring to use us. And we just have to step out and be used by him. We have to step out. <laughs> we have to step out in obedience to his word. And we know what his word says. His word says, they'll lay hands on the sick and the sick shall recover. So I want to challenge you guys with this. Yeah, I want to challenge you guys with this. Do not allow sickness to operate around you. If you see sickness working in somebody that's around you, this is crazy. Uh, honest, this is, this is a, this, this will stretch you out big time. If you see sickness operating in somebody around you, believer, non-believer, I don't care what's going on, pray for them, lay hands on them. The Bible doesn't say lay hands on the believer and the sick shall recover. The Bible says lay hands on the sick and the sick shall recover. Absolutely, positively, without fail, period, they will recover. So I want to challenge you with that, especially right now. There's all kinds of sick people around right now. There's sick people at work. There's sick people at your house. There's sick people in your family. Call them up. Whatever you have to do, go to their house, bang on the door. Whatever is necessary for you to get your hands on sick people, do it. You want to say something? Amen. 
old people at Winners, which is all of you guys. I mean, because we've been here the whole time. You know we've been doing that for a long time because it brought back when I used to work for the state. And I remember that we started doing that, and it was a lady that I worked with, and she came to work, and she had stomach cramps. And I was like, what's wrong with you? And she was like, my stomach's hurting real bad. And I laid hands on her, and I started to pray, and her stomach was healed. But we've been doing this for a long time. I just thought of that. I'm like, man, amen. Did I? Oh, come on now. <laughs> I mean, it, you got, work is where it can really help you, though. It really can. But you're right. The people at MOTB, they do think I'm crazy because we was all, we were having our daily lattes, you know, because we're spoiled like that. And they were talking about going to the hospital for this. And I'm like... I said, you know what? If a doctor tries to put anything, I'm like, I'm not receiving that diagnosis. I'm like, I don't care. They were like, well, do you take medicine? I'm like, no. I said, I'm not, I'm believing God. I'm believing the word of God, what he says. I'm like, I'm not believing no dumb doctor. And they were like, oh my gosh. I'm like, but I mean, it does kind of make you, then I was like, they probably think I am crazy. <laughs> no, that's true. Same, same with me at work. When I worked at Paycom, even more so than now, when I worked at Paycom, I prayed for all kinds of people. And, you know, there's very few people at Paycom that are receptive to ministry that way. <laughs> Maybe receptive to ministry at all. I mean, that's, yeah. You mentioned Paycom, so I, th I thought it would be uh, perfect. So because we have been doing it for a while, um, Director of my department, he's walking around in a, in a boot, right in the hallway. I said, "Oh, what's wrong with your leg? Oh, I'm you know knee replacement. All right, let's pray." Right in the middle of the hallway, I get on my knees and start praying for his knee, and he's like, "What the heck is going on?" But you know what? He he walked out knowing that there was going to be someone that was going to pray. And anybody that got to see that, who knows what the Holy Spirit was doing, but that's, that's like, that's who we are as winners and Ms. Rhonda, you know, like it's, I think it's good for us. Yes. It's got to be our first thing. Yes. I didn't even have time to think about it. And that probably because everything was just stirring up, something was going on and it's doing it when you feel like it and doing it when you don't feel like it because we that's what we've been called it's like what Tyler was saying it's it's a, a non-negotiable for a believer we are supposed to lay hands on the sick it's not like oh and when you feel like it or when you think it's right or when the opportunity comes up um i like that that you said that it's our obligation and we've been bought with a price so it's not even a Oh, well, if you think that's what you want to do, or if you've been called to do that. Um, so you're definitely stirring me up. So praise God. I'm all stirring. Amen. Amen. Yeah, that's so true. Miss Rhonda, I'm glad that you said what you said, because we have been doing that. And, you know, 
there are so many times that I wish some people like Gil and like Rachel could have been there in those beginning moments of Winter's Church because we were all young and dumb and just dumb enough to believe that God wanted to, I mean, we would get together and it was like, what's happening today? I have no idea what's going to happen today. I don't know what we're doing. I mean, this is, yeah, yeah, Sunday, Sunday nights. There for a while, it was like we had something Monday, Thursday, Saturday, Sunday. It was like nonstop. Every day there was something for church. It was incredible. I mean, those times were incredible. And the part that's crazy to me is that you guys fit like you were you were here during that time. It's so, it is wild. I mean, that's that's a miracle all by itself because the people that, the people that have stuck at Winter's Church, the people that are supposed to be here, it's like that with every one of them. Even though they were never there for those beginning moments, um, it was awesome. But the beginning moments are happening right now. Right. You're right. Yes. Amen. Right. Yeah. No, you are so right. And that's, that's how I felt about the revival meetings. I'm like, this is like those old days. I mean, it's the way the spirit of God is moving is, is different in a lot of ways, but that, I hate to say it this way, but that, that feeling that came along with us gathering, it was like the beginning. There was just an excitement and a hunger for the things of God, like never before. <laughs> it was awesome. And we're, we're walking in that season right now. Amen. I, I prayed. I prayed for a few years, for about the last three years. Like, Lord, I want to experience you like I did then. And, you know, that's not the greatest prayer in the world. Lord, I want to experience you in a way that you used to move in my life. That's not the greatest prayer. But the Lord knew my heart because what I was saying was, take me, position me, remove all that you have to remove rid my life of whatever it is that you need to for me to be in that place that when you're moving, I'm there. When, because there was a period of time that he was moving and I was not there. And I hated that. And it's like what I said at the beginning, there was areas of my life that had grown calloused that I didn't even know. I just didn't have, I didn't have any feeling in those areas. I just did, I didn't realize it <laughs> until he exposed it. Thank God, he, thank God that he looks into our lives and he begins to highlight things that he wants to work on. And when he begins to highlight those things, when we step out, man, possibilities are endless. Amen. Amen. You want to say something, Gil? Go ahead. It's, I'll just repeat it so it's on the recording. Right. Yeah. Yes. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Yeah. 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 Right. Yeah. <laughs> 
That's right. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. What I was thinking when you were talking is how you, you're a dad, you're a good dad. And you looked at your kids sick and you said, I don't want them sick. And that's how God looks at you. He's your good father and he doesn't want you sick. He loves you. And because he loves you, you don't have to be sick. <laughs> that is 100% exactly what I was about to say. That you know what it's like to be a good father because you are one. And as a good father, you're not just going to sit around letting your kids be sick or sad or miserable or hurting. You're not, you're not going to do that. You're going to do everything in your power. Your power is limited, though, as an earthly dad. His power is not limited. And what's incredible is that everything that he did for us through his love it's a finished work. It's already done. But I know what you're saying. It's, it is difficult. It's more difficult when it comes to us receiving our own healing um, because we have to get a revelation of how that works. It's like getting a word from God. It can be at times more difficult to hear God for yourself speak to you. Sometimes it's easier for, and Ayla has to remind me that this sometimes, because I'm like, why haven't I gotten a word? You know, we get in that mode where we, we want a word so bad. Why haven't I gotten a word? And Ayla reminds me of this pretty regular. Usually when you get a word, it's because you need a word. Because God is having to step in and intervene in a situation. So maybe, you know, that very well could be the case that maybe, you know, I don't need that word right now. <laughs> maybe I'm hearing him how I need to hear him. I'm hearing his voice. He's leading me right. But when it comes to receiving your own healing... I definitely want to encourage you with this. We'll pray. We're 100% going to pray. I want to encourage you with this, though, is read healing scriptures. Anytime, I assume you probably have to take medicine for that. I don't take 12 minutes. I take 12 different medicines. Yeah, but for different things. Every time you have to take, because I'm not going to tell you just to stop taking your medicine. Be led by the Spirit. I mean, he may tell you that. I'm not saying that he wouldn't tell you that. He may tell you that, but it better be right. <laughs> um, every time you have to take medicine, though, declare the word of God over yourself. By your stripes, I'm healed. This isn't going to last forever. This may be the last time I take this medicine because my body's lining up with the word of God right now. Not later. It's lining up right now. As we're talking right now, I sense the spirit of God. He's moving. He's touching you right now. Just lift your hands up, Gil. Father, I thank you for Gil right now in the name of Jesus. Lord, we come against that sickness right now in Jesus' name. We curse it and we command it to go from his body. Father, I thank you that you're touching him right now from the top of his head to the soles of his feet. Lord, I speak to his body and I command it to line up with your word. Your word declares that we walk in divine health. So, Lord, we speak to his body. Gil's body, we speak to you right now and we say be well. Now in the name of Jesus. Not later. Now. Right now in Jesus' name. Father, I thank you for touching him, for filling him in Jesus' name. <laughs> the Lord, he's doing something in you right now. I don't know if you feel it, but he's working something in your body right now. The Spirit of God's working on you right now. Father, I thank you for that in Jesus' name. Amen. 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 Amen.
It doesn't belong to you. He's working on it. I'm, I, for real, I sense that anointing right now. He's touching you right now. I wouldn't be shocked if you have a testimony of a miracle the next time we get together. It wouldn't surprise me. Not one bit. Do you feel that too? Amen. I did want to say, though, like we talked about earlier, just you receive it even if your body's telling you the opposite. Especially when your body tells you the opposite. Every time your body says, no, you have this, you say, body, I don't have that. You have to line up. Yep. Yes. They went into something else. Yes. January. Yeah. Amen. Amen. And when, yes. Right. That's, and that's, I have to do that sometimes too, where things try to rise up and I have to remind myself, no body, that's not true because Jesus paid the price 2000 years ago and I received it. I, it became, I became aware of it and I received it on this day. It's done. It can't last. This has to go. And it's going to happen that you're going to go to take a step. You're going to move and that thing's not going to be there anymore. That thing that, that, that you have become accustomed to, it's not going to work in your body anymore because it can't stay. Amen. 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 I don't even know how to end this. That was awesome. Yeah. Right. Mm-hmm. Right. Right. Yeah. Right. Yeah, absolutely. You can go lay your hands on her, baby. Amen. So, Lord, I thank you. I'm going to pray for myself, too, at the same time. So, Lord, I thank you that you love us. Because you love us, you sent your son to die for us, but not only to die for us, but to take stripes on his back for us. Because he took those stripes, Lord, your word says that we are healed. So we, And that includes big things, that includes small things. So we speak over every single part of our bodies. We command it to work the way you intended for it to work. Lord, I thank you that... Um, that <laughs> Where, medic- where medications fail, Lord, you don't. You never fail. That um, that we don't need medications. We don't need the to hear what the doctors say, Lord. That that we can enjoy what we want to enjoy. <laughs> that uh, that because you said we're healed, we we receive nothing less than healing in the name of Jesus. Amen. Amen. The devil's not taking my chocolate cake. Amen. <laughs> Amen. Well, tonight was awesome. Like I said, I felt like we just need to get together 
and have some time for our faith to be boosted because uh, he's sending us out. I don't know if y'all realize that, but this, this is the season that he's sending us out. He's sending us out to do what it is that he's called us to do right now. I know that that was working um, when Ayla was praying for Joe yesterday, and I'm hearing that in my spirit right now as we're talking that you're about to take some steps, Joe, and they're going to be somewhat uncomfortable because you want to take leaps and he wants you to take steps, but you're going to take some steps. <laughs> it's going to be awesome too. I thank God that we're around everybody. We get to be a witness to some of the things that we know God is going to do in y'all's lives. It's incredible. Amen. Do you have anything else you need to say? Amen. I'll pray us out and then we can do whatever y'all want to do. So Father, I just thank you for all you've done tonight. Lord, I thank you for touching your people, for filling us full. Lord, I pray in the name of Jesus, Lord, that this word would be on people's minds and in, working in their hearts throughout the rest of this week. Lord, I pray that as sickness exposes itself around your people, Lord, that your people will take a stand and that your people will lay hands on the sick and the sick shall recover. Lord, let that be an open door to preach the gospel to the lost. Lord, let that be, let that, let that be something that you use for us to preach the gospel to our lost loved ones and our lost friends and our lost coworkers. Father, I thank you for doing your work in your people. You're awesome, Jesus. And we just thank you and we praise you in Jesus' name. Amen. 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 All right, we're done. Have a good night, everybody.